Living Holistically Well with Dr. Annette West. Again, we will have a myriad of topics, interviews, and engaging words of thought to share with you this season. The purpose of this show is to help us build up our minds, our bodies, and our spirits. And I just want to give a shout out to Creative Common for allowing the show the use of their jazz instrumental, Smooth Jazz. Now, let's get started with Dr. Annette West's topic for today. Hi, everyone. Dr. Annette West here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's our new season, season three. This is episode two in our new season You know, we are holistically um, living is what this group is about, is what this page is about, is what this podcast is about. And so everything that we bring for you each week, we believe it is something that can help to empower you or to empower someone that you know to become stronger and start working out that alignment that is needed in this relationship with the Lord so that we can be whole in all that we're doing, mind, body, and spirit. So today we have an interview and I want to welcome to our podcast, Dr. Victoria Sheffield. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. West, for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so thrilled to be here. It's always a pleasure when there is another opportunity to be able to share. Amen. Amen. So we have a lot to talk about, and I want to remind the listeners that we do not have scripted interviews. I know some people do that, but we just want to be led as is needed for whoever is going to be sharing in the podcast for the week. And Dr. Sheffield, you have a lot of, what I want to say, tentacles out there. (laughs) You have a lot of things going on, but I want to start out talking about you, the book author. Okay. Now, I know that you have done other books besides the one we're going to dialogue a bit about today. So are you a self-publishing company? Well, yes, I am a self-publishing company. I actually started out my writing career back in 2007 as I wrote my first book uh, titled The Alpha Curriculum. It's a Christian-based learning tool to help prepare preschoolers for kindergarten. A couple of years later, um, God would place it in my spirit to establish Jeru Publications. And the name is so odd that I've had so many people to ask me, well, wow, um, 
where'd you get that name from? What some people don't know about me is that I also established a nonprofit organization back in 2009, Jerusalem Kids Outreach Ministry. And the publishing company is basically just a branch off of that nonprofit organization. And so from there, I just started writing my own books. And then I had quite a few people that would ask me about the whole writing process. And I said to myself, you know what? Um, I think I need to become a writing coach. And so that's where I am now. I have a lot of people that uh, still want to know about the learning of the writing process and um, the whole legalization of how to get published and copyrighted and things of that such. So I'm still today going stronger than ever. In fact, I've even brought in a few people to help me with the publishing company. And so I have a team of people that help from anywhere from the graphics to designing the book covers to help me out with editing. And I'm just enjoying what I do. I'm really passionate about helping people to share their stories. You know, I have helped people from many different genres, but those that are Christian-based authors are those that I'm really, really passionate about working with. Amen. Amen. That's beautiful. Now, the book that I have in my hand is The Women of Power 2. And you talk about empowerment and testimonies. And so it's a collaboration. So it's not just your story. It's stories from other um, women as well within the pages of this book. But I want to talk about your story. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I wanna talk I wanna talk about your story because yes. oh my gosh, it resonated so well with me. Wow. Um and I like how you say, and that's how it's like I could hear it being sung in the heavenlies. Hallelujah, I'm no longer bound. <laughs> you know, I'm free. You know, I, I'm I'm free. Um and tell uh, you know, like share with us why this story is a true story, but tell us why this story was needed to be in this volume and how it can wow. help and how it can help others. Well, I'm telling you, um, Dr. West, first of all, I had no idea you had a copy of that book. So I want to just publicly thank you so much <laughs> for supporting this. Yes. You know, that, that is quite amazing. Um, and I kind of laugh before just to kind of keep from, it's always touchy whenever you have shared this type of story for the very first time. So I, I kind of laugh to keep from hurting a little bit, you know, because there's still some residue there. But I'm telling you, God is so amazing that he would give me the strength at this point in my life, um, I tell people back in May, I celebrated my 50th birthday. And it would be about the age of 20 when my father actually stopped, you know, doing what he was doing physically to my mother. So look at all the years that went by before I actually gained the strength to share my story. And so Women of Power 2, um, again, like you say, it is an collaboration of testimonies. The first book um, was powerful. I don't even know which book 
is better than the other one. Both of them are so amazing. The difference from the first book and the second, the first book, the other contributing authors share their stories. But I do about 10 chapters of just straight empowerment. So I don't share a testimony in that first book because God did not lead me to. Now, the second book, that was when God would speak to me and say, it's time to share your story. You've been holding in this stuff for so long, but you've interviewed people that have gone through the same thing. Now it's time to share. You've been set free. Now it's time for other people to be set free through your story. And um, the story is, as you know, Dr. West, this is for those that may be listening and don't know my story. In that book, for 20 years, that's all I knew. My father would abuse my mother. And it was devastating. It was so devastating that I'm one of four siblings. And as we know, different things can affect different people differently. But the way it affected me, I was just so shy and in a shell growing up. I believe looking back on it now, in fact, I was just thinking about this on yesterday. I just feel like I was just a person going through the motions of life walking in fear because you know how it is sometimes when you are brought up in a difficult situation you are taught what goes on in the house stays in the house so really you are taught to suppress your emotions and that's sad and that's what happened to me no I'm a person like you said before I'm doing so many things I'm just blossoming now in life but that's because, you know, I had to use the word of God to pull those strongholds down in my life. And that's where I am now. It's like I'm running, I'm doing so many different things that I was too afraid. I was really just afraid to live. I was living and just existing. Well, I think, just existing. I think one know? of the things you share is that fear will fear will make you Go through the motion, but you're not living your life to the fullest. Yes, Lord. Oh, my God. I, I am a true living witness of it. I mean, I, I was just so in a shell. I had a um, prophet tell me one time, she said, God said to tell you to stop hiding who you are from people. Most people, if you could talk to anybody that knew me growing up, knew me from childhood, even my high school days, there were very few people that could really tell you that they really knew who I was as an individual, even into my adulthood. It's just like I was in a shell and I didn't fully really understand Myself, but it was until God called me into ministry that I was really able to see Dr. West that I wore so many scars on me that had not healed so many wounds, you know. But, you know, when when you say that, it reminds me in your story where you talked about and it just kind of all comes together because in your story, you talk about your dad and you talk about yeah. that a lot of his issues stem from the fact that he was in the Vietnam War. And then and you came back and you said um, the war changed him and he was shell-shocked. So the shell shock that he was, he brought it back into the home and therefore shocked everybody else as well. That's what happened. 
that's exactly what happened, Dr. West. I mean, I find that quite amazing. It's like now I can see clear as day, you know, what the enemy did and how he did it, you know, because that is quite amazing. He was definitely shell shocked. And yeah, I he think he did it to everybody else. And I he think he did it to everybody else. But I also think during that, like I said, we all um, dealt with it differently. You know, right. that was my way. My way was just, I was just literally afraid. If honestly, everything I wrote in that book was so easy for me to write, Doctor Doctor West, because that was my true story. You know how somebody's writing something and they're really not being truthful about it, or they haven't <laughs> to try to figure out how to field it. It came so natural. Now it was painful. It was so painful. But what I wanted to say, when he walked in the door, I would be so afraid. I would be so tense, you know, and everybody in the house could basically feel that. And I think the outsiders, a few times where people did come over to our home, you could feel a coldness there. There was nothing normal, you know, about what I was brought up in. So I'm sure I'm not the only one I've learned, especially with myself interviewing people, that a lot of people were brought up in these broken homes. You know, oh, it's just a shame. Of course, of course. You and know? and as it's you said, he, he went to the military. He was traumatized in the military. And uh-huh. he at that time, people weren't talking about PTSD and they were not talking about going to counseling and all of this kind of stuff. And so people came home broken. They didn't realize they were broken. They just thought they were different. And then they uh-huh. acted out on their brokenness. And of course, it impacted other people. But I think the wonderful thing is that you are now at a point in your journey where you uh-huh. can, even though there's some residue, as you say, you now can tell the story. And each time you tell the story, you you are more freed from that bondage. Absolutely, absolutely. Because the interesting thing about that, my high school girlfriend um, also went through some trauma. And um, she was telling me, she said, well, I was told um, in regards of her situation that even though I can't talk about it now, and that was years ago, that one day I'll be able to talk about it. So I haven't talked to her in a little while, but I want to just share with her, you know, if I can talk to her right now. Guess what? Finally, I can talk about it. Because Dr. West, I'm telling you, I couldn't share this with anybody without wanting to boo-hoo and tear up and just feel horrible. It's been the thing that was kept, you know, some of the family knew, but for the most part, a lot of people did not know. So um, even the fear of even sharing the story, but I had to share it so that I could finally heal number one. And then I thought about the fact that I've interviewed so many people their stories have blessed and helped me in so many ways. Now it's my time to pay it forward. People just don't know. And I want to be a testimony. I want people to look at my life, Dr. West, and say to themselves, oh, my God, she's gone through so much. If she's gone through so much and then she's doing so much, then um, our past just don't have to determine the outcome. That's right. That's right. Well, we're going to take a a quick break and we'll be right back. Awesome. 
Dr. Sheffield, also, you know, one of the things you talked about in your story was that even though all of this was going on, even though all of these patterns had been developed in the household, even though your mother was even still going through the same things, you were still able to find a passion. How did you find a passion in the midst of the mess? Okay, um, I know in the book that I wrote about having a passion of uh, dancing and also the first year of high school, I was into cheerleading and stuff like that. I'll be 100% honest. I was one of those teens, me and my girlfriends, we were kind of out there. So I, I'm just being honest, keeping it real. Uh, we were in the clubs. We were just doing a little bit of everything. We partied like most normal teenagers did, right? So I knew that I liked to dance. I knew that I enjoyed dance. And so when the opportunity presented itself at school to try out for cheerleading or to try out for the drill team, I did and I made it. And um, because I had to practice so much in the evenings after school, it helped me to kind of take some of what was going on at home off my mind, you know, so I could focus a little bit more on what I enjoyed. And I stayed so busy. We had the football games. We had the basketball games. So I really wasn't home as much as I was before I started dancing and stuff. And that helped a, a whole lot. So for, you know, anyone in a broken situation, they can kind of find some extracurricular activities to help them to focus a little bit more on what they enjoy opposed to what they are faced with or dealing with. It really, really does help a lot. Amen. And 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 that's good. And um, I think one of the great things is, you know, having that connection with someone that you talk about, you know, that you had that you have a friend, you know, that you had a friend, and that that friend challenged you to to move out of your shell, you know, and that friend yes. was and that friend was available to you. But that also, you know, you also talk about how even though you um, sought the Lord. You still weren't walking in the obedience that was required of you. And your quote was, many years I lived in the belly of the big fish, disobedience. <laughs> Amen. I really did. You know, uh, Dr. West, I was just so shell. I, I was shell-shocked at that point. And though I knew without a doubt in my mind that there was a calling on my life, even in my early 20s but yet and still um i was the one i would go to church and i loved god and i loved the word of god and mind you by this time none of my family was going to church my father had uh taken a car for my mom he had stopped everybody from going to church but by that time i was old enough to get a job at a McDonald's my money and buy my own car I would be the first one to start back going to church. So a lot of things that transpire is not really in that book. Maybe I need to write a little bit more and share a little bit more of some of the other things that happened after the book, you know. And um, I, I'm telling you, I, it would be a period of time that I had to become strong in the Lord. I really did. I had to learn how to put his word on where I was in life. And I just got to the point. I was just tired. I was tired of not being who I know God called me to be. 
I would be the one um, in a group of people and everybody would be enjoying life and having fun. I would want to get in on the conversation, but I would never say two words. If someone hurt me, I didn't have sense enough to know how to open my mouth and tell this person, you know what? You hurt me. When I tell you I was in a shell, I was in one of the worst types of shells. When I was in kindergarten, um, the teacher recommended that I be put in a special needs class simply because, not because I wasn't smart as a tech, but because I would not talk to. When I say anyone, I would talk to my mother, I would talk to my um, family, and that's pretty much it. I'm telling you, it was almost like the enemy wanted me to look as if, almost as if I was dumb or something. Mm. But in the back of my mind, even as a child, I knew there's nothing wrong with me. I was just so bottled up with so many different emotions from what I had seen and witnessed in my household. It's traumatizing for children when they don't know from day to day if one parent is going to actually kill the other. There were days in our minds as children. I, I can remember my sister saying to me one time, you know what? I really think this is the night he's going to kill mama. Now, we're up in the middle of the night. It's dark. Um, we're sitting up in the bed. She's sitting next to me. We're little girls. I can see it right now in my head. She's crying. Now, she's three years older than me, and I'm just sitting there looking. I think this is going to be the night. And she looks over at me and she said, don't you ever tell anybody because if you do. So you see how it goes on and on and on with the don't tell anybody stuff. They're going to separate us as children because I've seen this happen to some of my friends at school. So even if we wanted to run and go tell somebody, my older sister had already said, don't tell anybody if you do. I, in other words, I don't want to be separated from you, my sister. So it, so it is so difficult. So it might be a bad situation, but at least mm -hmm. we in this bad situation together and we can at least love on each other. Yes, amen. That's where I'm coming from. So it was so difficult and it just transpired over into adulthood. Even in marrying my husband, and we married early. So it's almost like a year after I left my mother's home. I married my husband quite naturally still with a whole lot of this stuff on the inside of me. So when things came up in the marriage, quite naturally what? I did not understand how to really communicate with him. So I'm telling you, if it were not for the goodness of the Lord, and I want to say this, I want to share this with your audience. Nobody but Jesus, nobody but him delivered me out. And it's almost like, was, was I that person? But sometimes I talk so much now. And sometimes I ask myself, God, why did you choose me? God said that he chose me because when people look at me now and they know where I came from, one of the first things they say is, what? God is you. <laughs> I don't believe it. I remember when you would yep. say, hey, look at God. God. Look at God. And then some people misunderstood me because I was so laid back. They thought I was this goody-goody uh, and tooty-fruity or whatever. I didn't want to be bothered with people. They had me all misunderstood. You know what I mean? Yes. But that wasn't the case. It was my background. I say to myself, if they had to just pulled me to the side and said, 
Oh, you're so laid back and quiet. Can you tell me why? That's why I posted on social media not too long ago. We can never judge a book by the cover because we never know somebody else's story. And I thank God now, and to make a, a long story short, what I kept doing, you know, God, how he delivered some people overnight is taking me some time. But what I have had to learn to do, uh, Dr. West, to tear down those strongholds in my life. I knew the word of God and I believed in the word of God, but I had to start applying the word of God to my life. I had to start actually speaking to those demons and say, look, now God's word said, <laughs> I don't have to fear anything. That's right. And every time somebody would ask me to speak. I would be so fearful. There are a couple of times I cried. A couple of times I ran the other way. And that's totally out of character for me. But it was basically my background. And so today I don't care if the enemy, now the enemy would try me to. He'll try me even to this day to start kind of bringing that stuff back up in me. But the difference in me today is that I'm a bold soldier. I got so tired. You know how you have to get so sick and tired of just being sick and tired. <laughs> so it's like I'm fighting for my life. I'm running. That's what I'm the old old folk used to say. And I'm walking in <laughs> That's what the old folk used to say. That's I'm right. I'm trying to tell you. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna take a um another quick break and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna finish. Dr. Sheffield, in your in your testimony, you shared a scripture, and I think it's important for us to keep the word of truth alive in what we're doing. So I want to um, read the scripture, and then I want you to just kind of share some perspective with the reader on how they can go about pulling down, really like pulling down these strongholds. But you shared 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, and it reads, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. How can we do, how can we do that? How did you do that? And how can the reader, how can the listener do that? Amen, amen. One thing that um, stood out to me as you read that, when you said something about imagination, one thing I have learned in my life is that the enemy is very deceptive. And I've always said to people, if he can get to our mind, and he can get us to lose focus, and then our assignments become aborted. And as we know, that word says that he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And that's the basis of everything that he tried to do with starting with my father, you know, and it went down to basically every one of my family members, every one of my siblings went through in some type of way, you know. And basically what a person would have to do is the same thing that I did. Uh, life and death is in the power of our own tongue. Yes, I started that's speaking good. the word of God over my situation. If I felt like I was fearful about something, you know, I started uh, saying out loud to myself, you know what, I don't have to fear anything or anybody but God, you know. And I just started really pressing and, and having faith. A part of that 
prayerfully was just being obedient to what I know uh, God had called me to do. I knew early on in my early age that I was called into ministry, that I was called into preaching the gospel. It's not like God was saying, well, you know what? I understand you went through all of this stuff. In fact, I allowed you to go through all this stuff. But he didn't exempt me from my calling. So I had to learn how to take that word and really, really, really apply that word of God to my life. You know, I had to really learn how to walk in faith and not look at everything that was behind me. You know, God gave me uh, something a few weeks ago. Press toward the mark. Okay? Yes, yes. And the verse before that says to not look at what's behind. That's right, that's right. To understand that happened. And it was necessary for whatever reason, okay? But I can't continue to waddle in that. I'm 50 years old. You know, life uh, is passing me by. The clock is ticking, okay? And so, so many people go to their grave not fulfilling the purpose and the plan that God has for their life. But we really have to trust God in his word with our lives. We really do. We have to believe that we can be delivered. We have to believe that we can be healed and set free. And that's why I believe God gave me the ministry, chain-breaking ministry, Mm. and deliverance and restoration ministry, because I had to become whole. Now that I'm whole, I can help other people. That's right. And God, and and what people have to learn and and know is that God is, is a God of love. Mm-hmm. And so what God brings to us is things to build us up. God doesn't bring us things to tear us down. So we have to know that first in mm-hmm. this process and we have to choose. That's why I, even though you went through a lot, you eventually chose to not live a defeated life. You chose eventually mm-hmm. to fully align with the things of the Lord because you would not have been able to cast down any of these strongholds, you would not have been able to cast down imaginations and thoughts if you did not know what God's word said and you weren't, and if you weren't walking with him, you wouldn't know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm trying to tell you, and uh, one of my favorite places to go, Dr. West in the Bible, is Ephesians uh, chapter six. It tells us everything that we need to do if we are dealing with that spiritual warfare. Yes. You know, but it says, note, and I always say this, note that above all the other things that it tells us to do, it tells us to have faith. Because with faith, that faith quenches the fiery darts of the enemy. But also, part of having faith is actually uh, moving in action. Yes, yes. I'm supposed to speak, but the enemy telling me I cannot speak. And I'm somewhere hiding in a hole somewhere, you know, so that people don't see me or know where I am. Okay, then I'm running from the truth. And the truth is I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So part of that means even though I'm afraid, I'm going to get up in faith and I'm going to do what God called me to do anyway. So it goes back to walking in obedience, you know. We have to put on our spiritual boxing gloves. So I would tell that to anybody that's wanting to know how to pull those strongholds down. Put on those spiritual boxing gloves, okay? Fight that good fight of faith. Stand on the word of God and move in the things of God. 
Because when we move in the things of God, our actions move the hands of God. Each time I moved, uh, Dr. West, hallelujah in the name of Jesus, I become stronger and stronger and stronger. And I'm so amazed at how far God has brought me. I'm so excited. And nobody knows that there was power in the name of Jesus uh, more than I than I'm telling you. <laughs> I know that God is real. I've seen him move in my life. I've seen him move in other people's lives. And if we just continue to walk in faith, that there is nothing that he would withhold from us. There's nothing that he will allow us to do, especially those things that we feel we cannot do. That's right. And as 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 he says and the word says, he'll never leave us, nor will he forsake us. Amen. 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 So, okay, so now I want to shift. I want to shift a little bit because I want before we end, I want you to share with us what's going on in your world. I know you have more than one business venture. So share a little a little synopsis of what your businesses are and what you're doing and how you're going about things. Okay, so I'm going to talk about uh, the business first. Uh, basically, I was born into entrepreneurship. My mother is a 40-year entrepreneur herself and fashion designer um, here in Metro Atlanta. It's something that just runs down my vein. I'm so um, honored to have seen my mother be so successful with everything that she does that it was no problem. There was no fear in me stepping out in faith. But I started my entrepreneurship journey 28 years ago, graduating from cosmetology school. And um, from there, I've stepped out into direct sales. I'm also an 18-year Avon sales representative, and you all already know that I'm an author. Um, and I have kind of dabbled in a few things here and, and there. Um, I also sell dental plans. A lot of people don't know oh. about that because that's not a business that I market, but because I um, have had so many years of entrepreneurship. A few years back, I haven't been a business coach alone, but I want to share a quick story with you, uh, Dr. West, about this. I was talking with God one day, as I am always doing, and I was telling God that I have so many people, just like they were questioning me about um, the whole publishing process, so now people are questioning me about um, how to start a business, how to succeed in business. It's like I almost have become this little business guru. And I was telling God, I said, you know, I'm on the phone with people for countless hours of the day. Um, I'm giving them so much free information that the things that I'm trying to do is kind of struggling a little bit. But I'm on the phone a bit too much. So God would speak to me and tell me to establish my business coaching services. That's right. That's right. I'm going to tell you something I did. And I'm like, oh, my God. I would always tell people, don't question God. But I asked him, I said, well, God, what qualifies me? And it's like God was saying, have you forgotten? You only have 28 years of entrepreneurship experience. And when I tell you I haven't worked for anybody in 28 years, I haven't. I am a living testimony. It's possible. It's achievable. I'm doing it and I am very successful, but 
it takes consistency. It takes consistency. You know, I've seen so many people that they will start a business and a few months down the line, it's like they quit because the money looking a little bit funny. But to those people, just in case they're listening, I want to tell you it's gonna take a while. So can they find can they find you at I wanna make sure it's Sheffield Enterprise? They can definitely email me at Sheffield and that's S A G F M I E L D Enterprise one two three at gmail.com. Now um, what I'm telling people is that I'm up to my five thousand friends on Facebook, but that doesn't mean that they cannot connect with me on Facebook because there's a follow button there. And they will still get notifications whenever I post. So my Facebook name is Victoria Lockett Sheffield. And I'm always enjoying networking and meeting new people. I really do. So I'm I'm really excited for you. Um, you've come you've come a long ways. You you have a lot to to share, and and I love that you know some of us have degrees, um, but I tell people all the time, my degree does not make me. God made God made me, and um, and whether I had these degrees or not, I would still be doing the same thing. I believe because of who I am in Him. And just the way he leads. So I'm excited for what you're doing. I want to thank you for being on the show today. Um, you gave us your email address. What is your um, face? How do they? Okay, you said they find you by your name on Facebook. Now, what about because you may have someone who is interested in um, being interviewed. And I know you have the book talk uh, on the CWBN network. And you're still doing that, correct? Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's a, a platform that I use to help authors gain the exposure. So if anyone is interested in an interview, um, I also help uh, gospel artists expose what they have um the work that they have done as well. So if anyone has some music that they song and they want listeners to hear it for the first time, I have a platform on the CWBN network where I can help them in that area. They can also email me just for just about anything that they are inquiring about. Sounds great. Well, I want to thank you, Dr. Victoria Sheffield, for being on the show today and thank you for sharing a part of your journey with us and being transparent and helping us to see how we can be empowered through your testimony um like i said i have the women of power two um book and um for anybody that's interested grab a copy of it there are some great testimonies in here and um Follow Dr. Sheffield to see what's going on in her world and see how she can help you. Again, Dr. Sheffield, I want to thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. As we close... I want to thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe on your favorite platform so you will receive notifications for the show. Share a comment and give a five-star rating. Join the mailing list at drannettwestministries.org 
And while there, check out what's going on in our world. Also, purchase a copy of Dr. West's newest book, Holistic Wellness, Mind, Body, Spirit, on DrAnnetteWestMinistries.org and Amazon. Don't forget to follow Dr. West on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. See you next week. Thank you.